Well, the chips are good. Uh, they weren't too salty, they weren't too soggy. They took on the sauce well. They were crispy, but not dry. And they were two pound. Hello and welcome to the opening episode of Series 3 of the Road to Wembley podcast. It has been a very, very long wait and no doubt you have been eagerly waiting like children on the night before Christmas. But we are back in the studio, better known as our flat kitchen, on our final amble towards Wembley Way and hopefully the FA Cup final in May next year. If you're new to this podcast then you will not know that I am, as usual, joined by my best friend and housemate Jack, with whom I've been on this long, winding but thoroughly enjoyable journey since the summer of 2019. Jack, are you excited for season three? I've never been more excited about anything in my life. Um, the whole country's football mad. We've just won the Euros in emphatic style. The Premier League's kicked off, uh, but it's time for the main competition, which is the FA Cup. The Road to Wembley podcast, and it's yeah. accompanying podcast. And it's accompanying trophy, podcast. which is the FA Cup, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't wait. It's been a while. Um, past listeners will know, both of them, that we got very, very close, what, three years ago now? Um, and we shut down by Rona. Probably the worst thing that came out of the virus uh, was the end of our podcast. Yeah, truly one of the great losses of that of that whole period. Um, we have been thinking about what we should call this series. Do you think season three suffices? I was thinking the Road to Ebony podcast, the third date. This time we finish. I love it. But first we should explain what we mean by finish. So this podcast was never intended to be a series. Uh, we conceived the idea in a pub just around the corner from here at the Alexandra to follow the FA Cup from the extra preliminary round all the way through to the final. We wanted to document our journey following the world's oldest football competition and tell you about it as we moved from round to round. We could never have anticipated that three seasons later, due to a global pandemic, we still haven't made it. We may be down, but we're certainly not out. Just not yet, anyway. Last weekend, we visited the first match in a final attempt to reach the FA Cup final. This is it. Do or die. This would be our final chance. I'm so excited to get into the game. I'm sure the listeners are chomping at the bit to hear it, but we do need to attend to some other business, and that is the fan favourite feature, the Road to Wembley News. Are you excited? I love it. The listeners love it. Do you want to give me a quick rundown and a reminder of what it is? Absolutely. So we're going to read out three football news stories. News stories is a, is a loose term. Usually it's <laughs> stuff from history. Um, two of them will be fake and one will be true, and the other person needs to guess which is real. Uh, this was inspired by Vardy versus Rooney, otherwise known as the case of the century. Yeah. That's now finished, by the way. That's now not, you know, that court case is out of the news. However, it's still in our news. Um, Alex, it's your turn this week, so over to you. Okay. So, my first news story, Jack, is called Kuwait. That can't count. I love it. So, in 1982, a 1982 World Cup tie, France took on World Cup debutants Kuwait. France were overwhelming favourites and quickly took an early lead. Um, their lead was doubled when their defender, Maxime Bossy, scored a goal. However, Q8 grabbed the ball out of the goal and refused to restart play until the referee overturned the goal, claiming that he had blown his whistle in the build-up. There was a 15-minute standoff in which neither team conceded defeat, until, in which neither party conceded defeat, Q8 or the referee, until eventually the referee caved in and the goal was disallowed. 
Regardless, France went on to win 3-1 and the referee was stripped of his refereeing licence and not allowed to referee in an international fixture ever again. Okay, so the referee was in the wrong... The ball was in the net. The, right. the, the, the ball was in the net but he didn't blow his whistle okay, he caved fine. into the pressure from the, uh, the that's, that's pathetic He's, he should have lost his licence that's right um, okay I can see that happening thoughts? Think that's, can see, I think that's, that's possible believable. I remember when we played Panama they tried to score a goal while we were celebrating do you remember that oh yeah and that was like a few years ago so that doesn't surprise me that much um, yeah I think that's a good contender cool shall I go on to story two do it so this one's called hitting the post in Aston Villa's recent pre-season game against Walsall um, in the beginning of the 2022-2023 season, one of the Walsall players, called Hayden White, collided with the post so hard that he actually bent the metal frame. And they had to play the rest of the game with an irregular-sized goal. Right. So I've seen photos of it. It's, it's noticeable, for sure. I'd say it's about 80 degrees. I'm no mathematician, but that, it's a pretty big bend. Uh, Aston Villa went on to win 4-0, and they actually hit that post late on in the second half. Was, so I had two questions. Was Hayden White okay? I have not read that. I think he is okay. I think we would know if he wasn't okay. If someone died in a preseason game in Villa, I'd know. If he was I didn't okay. say he would have died, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's why I got injured. Uh, second question, what do you mean by 80 degree angle from a post? <laughs> uh, it's pretty, <laughs> it's just a bend, a noticeable bend. A noticeable think, bend. Think it that way. Okay, um, fine. Uh, yeah, okay, fine. Plausible, oh. not plausible? Plausible. I feel like you'd hurt yourself smashing into a post and bending 80 degrees. I don't know what 80 degrees means. So I guess I guess that's me. I don't know. Uh, well, so let me see if I can bring you around my third story. Yeah, go ahead. This one is called All the Year, No Idea. In 2016, Mansfield Town fullback Yaroslav Mikolyev was involved in an on-field scrap with Crew Alexander attacker Johan Arkin. The two had been bickering throughout the game, but in the 71st minute, Mikoliev put in a particularly strong tackle on Arkin, resulting in them kind of tussling on the ground for a bit. In the melee, and this is the horrible bit, the gory bit, Mikoliev bit down hard on the earlobe of Johan Arkin, biting a chunk of it clean off. I know. The incident was spotted at the time. Sorry, the incident wasn't spotted at the time, and Mikoliev played, for the, played the rest of the game. He was subsequently banned for the rest of the season and then from the English Football League forever, for good. He remains the only player to be essentially banned from all of English professional football. All time. Yeah. All time. And he now plays for a team called Torpedo... <laughs> I'm only laughing because when I saw it, I couldn't believe it. It's called Torpedo Me Ass. Okay. Is that <laughs> sounds like Torpedo My Ass. Yeah, I know. You haven't got to explain what it sounds like. <laughs> They're in the Russian second division. Google them if you want. Okay. Uh, in other interesting club news, Arquin, the guy who was bit, the victim, recovered and plays for Wuhan FC in China. Wow, okay. I, could, I think you're going to think this one's not true, but I, I assure you it's, uh, it's, it's all solid fact. Yeah, um, I feel like, when, when did that happen? 2016. I feel like I would have heard of it. I feel like I would have seen it happen. People, used, I, like, people share stuff from like, football all the time on like, memes and stuff. Yeah, maybe. I think I would have seen that. Uh, he was the only person ever to be banned for the league entirely, for the football league forever. That's what I read. The very reputable article mm. on the internet I read. I guess people do bad stuff quite a lot in football, so you got to do something really bad, like take a guy's ear off to get banned forever. Because like Suarez bit a guy, but then he only did it. He did just pain. in his shoulder, though, wasn't it? It doesn't matter. He's not taking one of his senses away. Actually, I don't think you'd lose your ear. I think you still hear, can't he? He's going to take his ear lobe off, or his ear is like inner ear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. 
Uh, Mike Tyson beat a guy zero. He did, yeah. Very much the Mike Tyson of League Two, mm. uh, Yaroslav Mikoliev. Yeah, that's what they call him. Um, <laughs> yeah, if it was me, I would. My my news would have been about is there a club called Torpedo My Arse? That would be <laughs> the lazy thing I did. Well, um, yeah. Uh, give me the headlines again. You've got number one, the story about Q8 uh, standing off with the referee for 15 minutes and not accepting the goal being allowed. Uh, that was called Q8. That can't count. And then you've got the uh, pre-season player at Walsall bending the post. It's called hitting the post. And then you've got the Yaroslav Mikoliev biting the ear of Johan Arquin. And that one was called All the Ear, No Idea. Which one do you think was true out of those three stories, Jack? Two were uh, false. The one about the ear, um, I would have heard of that. So okay. it's not that it's a long one. time ago you might have forgotten 2016 <laughs> <laughs> I remember stuff happened in 2016 I think I would have seen it or like saw a picture of it especially if it got banned forever um, the second one about the post I think that's a red herring because it's kind of a boring story rude <laughs> so I think you're going to frame me off with that uh, so I think it's the third one Kuwait that's not a girl or Kuwait wait what was it called <laughs> Q8, that can't count. Okay, yeah, it's that one. You think it's that one? Well, I can tell you that. You are, in fact, correct. Well done, Jack. The first um, news of the season, you managed to guess, discern the correct story. I'm good at this game. Uh, is Torpedo My Arse a real team? They are. They really are a real team. Nice. You can go Google Torpedo My Arse if you want. I think my, news, my, news, my next news segment might still be about Torpedo My Arse and just different things from their, from their adventures in the Russian League. That's something to look forward to. Well, it's time to get into the game, but first we need to meet our brand new clubs. Um, every week we'll have a new club. The first game of the season we'll have two new clubs, um, and one of them is Kennington FC, the visiting team. Um, Kennington FC, uh, based in Ashford, formed in 1888. Um, they're said to have the oldest junior club in Kent, which they bang on about on their website. I don't think that's that impressive, but they seem to be very proud of it. Um, they play at the Homeland Stadium, the nicknamed the Tun. Wow. Good nickname. Yeah, I think it's quite powerful. The ton. Um, they entered in the FA Cup for the first time in 2021, so relatively new one for them. Uh, they reached the first qualifying round, and they were promoted that year as well, so they're a team on the rise. Um, there isn't actually that much to talk about, to be honest, with Kington. Okay. Um, I think even they would admit that. But I will say their manager is called Dan Scorer. Nice. Which is obviously hilarious, because that's Scorer scoring goals. Um, but it gets better. The captain is called Tom Scorer. Yeah, so nepotism in full force. Nepotism, or potentially, yeah, I don't know if they're, they're father and son, or what the relation is. Could be maybe son father. Maybe the maybe the son's a, the manager and the dad's a captain. I don't know. Um, and you think that's that's nepotism, right? Mm-hmm. You just call that yeah. nepotism. It gets worse. Uh, the assistant coach is called Sam Fisher, which people will know is the main protagonist of the Splinter Cell games yeah, in the mid two thousands. Okay, um, but he there's a player in their squad called Joe Fisher. Which wow, is, that's a more common name, but it does imply there's even more nepotism going on. It sounds like two guys just own the club and, after manage the club and they brought their sons in, uh, employing their whole family. Yeah, well, I didn't look into any more of the management team um, purely because I don't want it to be all about that. Um, but it is quite con- quite concerning. It gets worse because their training kit appears to have a company called Scorer Construction on it. So it seems to be a lot of you know this kind of self cyclical kind of thing going on, um, but. They seem cool. They seem nice. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. They sound like a kind of Kennington mafia where their their yeah. family have got a stranglehold on kind of all facets of Kennington. Yeah, this thing of ours in Kent. I like it. Um, the uh, the other thing that strikes out to me is uh, strikes out. There's a pun. Nice. Um, 
their name scorer is kind of like a it's like those historical names where people's name is what they do like Potter that's very or, true or yeah. Cobbler or that's a good point so they're the wrong line of scorers or they change their name when they realise they'd have a career in football yeah good um, point again I didn't research that um, they don't have any famous fans as you know I like to bring up a famous fan when I do a club um, in the event of no famous fan I go to I built a machine which generates famous fans uh, it's a nice bit of tech um, and it generated for me Russell Crowe the Australian actor okay um, so he's a massive fan of Kington FC I believe so yeah um, I can't be that for sure but the machine seems to tell me that um, what about you Alex who have you been looking up so I have been looking into the uh, iconic Walton and Hersham FC, which I believe, Jack, is not far from where you grew up. Is that right? No, I grew up in a town called Sunbury, which is uh, across the river. It's Walton. It's a lovely phrase. Saying something's across the river I know, makes yeah, it seem makes very it picturesque. Like a, yeah, I'm from the wind and the willows. <laughs> well, this club was, as you probably can guess, uh, merged from two local clubs. So Walton FC and Hersham FC back in the 1940s. Um, they play their games at the sexily titled Elmbridge Sports Hub wow. in uh, leafy Surrey. Um, and I think they're, they're best known as the Swans. But according to their Wikipedia page, um, they are sometimes referred to as the Sham or romantically the Waltz. Okay, I mean, I prefer the Waltz. The I think sh- the Waltz is the best one. Yeah. The Sham makes them sound like they're awful. They're a yeah, Sham. Yeah, yeah, sh- a bunch of Sham charlatans. Um, they have, you, you speak of famous fans, they have had Ballon d'Or winner... And arguably the greatest British footballer of all time, Stanley Matthews, is their president. Wow, that's amazing. And in more recent times, the equally iconic Theopathetus of BBC Two's Dragon's Den. Played for them. As their, no, as their oh, chairman. Oh, okay, fine. Cool, huh? That is cool, yeah. That's a good, that's a good famous. Are they fans? I guess they're fans. Yeah, yeah, that's good. They also, so there's also a band that you might have heard of. Called, they're a punk rock band called Sham 69. Um, they had hits like Hurry Up Harry and If the Kids Are United. Um, and they got their name from some graffiti that said Walton and Hersham, 1969. But obviously a bit of it had rubbed off and they lost the Walton and Her. Right. So it just said Sham 69, That's good little which fact. is the name of the band. I like it. I'm not sure of the legality of playing some of their music, but I'll play some for you now. I confess I wasn't a listener until a few weeks ago, um, but it's tremendously kind of rollicking and uh, it could uh, become a perfect <laughs> anthem. For the journey upon which we're about to embark. Yeah, we'll ask getting sued by Sham69. That that journey. What a journey. Come on! So my, I guess, first impressions of the stadium when we got there was that it was adorably low-key. Yeah, it's out in the middle of kind of nowhere. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's cute, it's kind of quaint. Um, wholesome was the vibe I was getting the entire time. Yeah, I thought kind of as, as wholesome and as adorable as it was, it kind of doubled up as a, a sports centre fit for an Olympia. It's quite a bizarre place, isn't it? There's a running track and there's tennis courts and hockey pitches and it all backs onto the river where there's kind of rowers and kayakers. It's, it really is a lovely setting to watch football. Yeah, I loved it. Um, when I arrived there, blasting Jamiroquai, which is always a good thing. Uh, it's a good sign of a good game, if you ask me, whenever I hear Jamiroquai. Uh, pint watch, £4.50 for a pint. Yeah, that's a great shout because that, that brings me on to something I, I noticed. It's the first time, obviously, I haven't been to a game for a while. Non-league football and lower league football is so practical compared to going to Premier League games. Yeah. It is, the, the, the food is really good. The, the pints are really cheap 
I drove there in my car and just parked and got out and got straight into the ground. They play music you actually like. Yeah, um, yeah. There's no queue for the loo. You know, one thing that's definitely changed since we started is you pay with everything by card now. Yeah. It's so much easier. It's a whole other world. Football's growing up. Um, the crowd was great. Um, I'm not sure if this was just the way Walton operate, but I like to think we saw immediate reaction to the Women's Euros. There seemed to be a lot of girls there, um, which was just nice to see. Usually it's just a bunch of lads. Um, everyone was wearing the kit. Walton have a really kind of almost like cult following there. Everyone is wearing the kit. Everyone's going to get involved. It's not just like, you know, turning up just for the sake of it. It does seem to have genuine, genuine fans, which is kind of odd at this level, I think. Um, and yeah, we were kind of really, really ready for the game. I was gassed up. Um, let's get into the game. I really enjoyed the game. Um, it was uh, red versus white, as the, the little girl behind us kept saying. Um, yeah. Walton and Hersham in red with kind of blue stripes. Kennington in white shirts and white shorts, kind of Real Madrid style. It was, a, I thought, a really competitive match. Lots of incident. Um, there were chances for both sides. A couple of dreadful area, errors, in particular from, is it Liam Allen was his name? Uh, the Walton Hersham goalkeeper, which actually led to the first goal, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, very scrappy first goal from Kennington. Um, Walton Hersham were doing, Walton Horsham, I say, were much, were playing the better football. Um, very silky. Um, everyone taking everyone on. But it wasn't really paying off. Kennington got the kind of scrappy goal. I would say that Number eight for Walton was a shining light amongst them. He was terrific. He was class, wasn't he? He was yeah. the stand-up player from from minute one. From the game, yeah. I will actually. I did actually look him up. His name was Toreen Roberts. I apologise, Toreen, if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. I probably am. Um, and he was actually Crystal. He was at Crystal Palace with Wilfred Zaha. They were compatriots. So that explains it. He had a bit of a Wilfred Zaha about. Yeah, him, absolutely. And he, since then, he's had a bit of a tour of the southwest. Um, Tooting, uh, Salisbury City, Hampton, Richmond, Kingstonian. Uh, Walton Casuals, Bracknell Town, this guy's been all over. Um, he also played for the Met Police, which is confusing. But, wow. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Um, and, yeah, but then... So, Walton and Hersham struck back, didn't they? Yeah. As the clock kind of ticked into a, the extra time in the first half with what well, was a, a speculative thunderbolt from 35 yards out, wasn't it? Um, and we kind of looked set to go in level, but remarkably, Kennington, who are, what, a division below Walton and Hersham, um, have been kind of more aggressive all half and they managed to bundle in another to give them a 2-1 lead at half time yeah before we go into that half Alex let's get a word from our sponsor we here at the Road to Remedy podcast love escape rooms so we're so excited to be sponsored by Soccerscapes the world's first football themed escape room complex they have loads of great scenarios to play out they all last 90 minutes and they're all absolute belters why not try room 2 in which you play as a guest at Michael Ballack's pool party you want to enjoy the evening, but John Terry has cornered you and is lecturing you about NFTs. If you don't ditch this guy soon, Frank Lampard would have scoffed all the mini sausages. Or how about Room 11? That puts you in the shoes of Ivorian legend Jovino during his days at Arsenal. Jack Wilshere and Frimpong have locked you in the changing rooms, and if you don't escape soon, you will miss training, and Arsene Wenger is going to make you do a lap of the pitch in your pants. I myself had a go at Room 47. I found myself locked in Harry Redknapp's Range Rover on a hot day with all the windows up. I got out in under 70 minutes. See if you can beat that. Soccer escapes. The only goal in this game is to get out. If memory serves me right, I think the tempo dropped off a little bit in the second half. Um, obviously, it was very, very hot. We even had a water break midway through each half, uh, which I think they only do when temperatures hit 30 degrees. Um, I remember the play coming over in our kind of side of the pitch uh, and watching the referee give a foul for a very, very soft infringement. And I think he just did it so he could catch his breath. Um, and I think that 
that probably demonstrates how hot it was for anyone. Yeah, it was absolutely roasting. Um, and yeah, I think the, the the second half was indicative of the same problems for Walton. I think they I heard the phrase trying to walk it in about eight times from behind me. Um, they did get one. Uh, Eddie Simon did equalise. Um, good goal, so two all. Um, and then from there, nothing really changed. Yeah, I think my highlight of the second half, sorry to jump in, was that they did a very cool celebration. Do you remember? That like was they, cool, yeah. They kind of wheeled off as a pair and it was pretty heavily choreographed, but it was um, sort of Firmino and Mane-esque, a, a synchronised karate kick. Yeah, it's a bit extra at this level, I will say. But actually, that's nasty. They can enjoy the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, fair play. Um, the game did end 2 all. Um, nothing else from the game which does mean it's going to be a replay at Kennington um, it was an interesting game I think Walton Hirsch and FC are the better side but Kennington did everything right and shut them out um, so it'd be tight and, and back, back in Kennington uh, the homelands have hard place to go I imagine is that the name of the stadium that's the name of uh, Kennington Stadium yeah the homelands wow the homelands Powerful. sounds scary already doesn't it um, so we'll have to see um, but yeah good game up the swans up the sun up and both up everyone uh, let's up keep, the cup up the cup let's keep moving well Alex it's almost time to say goodbye um, however we have, do have our first listener question of the of the season um, we encourage everyone to write in write any questions you have um, this one is from Robbie Russell in Rotherham um, he asks as someone with two first names I'm always pleased to see a fellow double firster brackets that's what we call ourselves succeeding on the football pitch I want to know who your fave player is with two first names well, that's a great question, Robbie. Um, great timing as well, because Eddie Simon scored this game. He's also got two first names. Yeah. And behind, between the six was Liam Allen. So uh, he'd be very pleased to hear there's loads of them in non-league as well. Yeah. Uh, so get yourself down to Walton if you're into those kind of players, Robbie, because there's plenty of them. Um, in terms of players with two first names, uh, one jumps to mind who I don't particularly like is John Terry, but he's one of the best, I think. Mm-hmm. Two first names. Not necessarily my favourite player. I've got, I've got lots going through my head now. Um, the Brentford manager, Thomas Frank. Yeah, that's, that's a good, good one, right? Yeah, Ivan Tony, kind of. Yeah. That kind of works. Is it's... Ivan even a first name? <laughs> yeah, Ivan the Terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is his first name. That's what it? they should call him when he's on a bad goal streak. Yeah. Um, Michael Owen. Yeah. What a Ballon d'Or winner with two first names. Um, who else? Steven Gerrard. Gerrard, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, does Thierry Henry count? Henry? He's technically spelled Henry. Uh, yeah, I think that works. Maybe you'd find it annoying to refer to it as that, but I think that's, that counts. Yeah, I think that's, that's that's one for sure. Well, thanks for writing. What was his name? Robbie Russell. So thanks, Rob, Robbie Russell. Robert Russell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cheers, Robbie. Uh, write in again if you want. Um, maybe you've got a favourite player with two first names, a, a double fist, yeah. as you call them. But you got plenty. Um, yeah, we'll end the podcast there. It's good to be back. Yeah, if anybody wants to get in touch um, with us, you can contact us on our social media platforms. Probably the best one to get in touch, and the only one we really look at is Instagram, which is uh, road to Wembley underscore. Drop us a private message. Yeah, be in touch. And uh, we'll see you. Well, well, let's talk about the next game. Yeah. So uh, obviously there's a replay at Kennington. The winner of that will go on to play Littlehampton, which is a team in Sussex. Yeah. I uh, don't know whether that's home or away yet. Um, I think yeah. that'll be, Littlehampton will be away. So okay. we'll either nice. be at Kennington or Walton and Hersham. Okay, great. That's cool. So, I like that. Um, I'm happy to go out to Walton. If not, Littlehampton sounds cute. Yeah, sounds cute, adorable. Cute and wholesome are the buzzwords this this season. Um, that's all I want to see. I love it. I think we should end on that. Cute and wholesome. Cute and wholesome. See you later, guys. <laughs>